Welcome to Mindfully Well, your place to get the tools and tips you need to connect to a deeper sense of wellness, naturally and simply. This podcast is for change-seeking women who are curiously devoted to their health and ultimately having a positive impact on the world around them. I'll be diving into everything that can help us live mindfully well, one episode at a time. I'm your host, Haley. Today, I want to start this episode with some grounding and arriving work right here in this moment. So if you're driving, please focus on the road. Just listen for now, and you can come back to this part later. But if you're not driving, I invite you to place your hands on your heart, close your eyes, and start to tune into the world around you. What do you hear? What do you smell? How do you feel? Relax your shoulders and your jaw. Soften your forehead and breathe in and out of your nose at a natural pace. Feel your heart beating in your chest. You are so alive. You are only here right now, right here. Take a deep inhale through your nose and slowly exhale out of your mouth. Let's do this two more times. Inhale. and exhale, inhale, and exhale. Again, feel your heart beating in your chest. Feel the energy in between your heart and your hands. And just be here with yourself for a moment. Slowly start to open your eyes and lower your hands. Today, we're going to be talking about how to tune in to your own cyclic nature. And personally, I am fascinated with the cyclic nature of life. The seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter, growth, blooming, dying off, hibernation, the moon, I love the moon. The new moon is a good time for setting intentions. The waxing moon, when the moon is getting bigger, or growing in size, I should say. It's not getting bigger, it's not changing size as a whole, but growing in size in the sky. Um, It's a good time to start new projects and increase your desire for the things that you want in life. It's also a good time for nurturing and growing. The full moon, which I love. Some people don't like the full moon as much because of the energy, but I love the full moon. It's a wonderful time for fulfillment and bringing things to completion. Um, It's a good time for renewing commitments and cultivating a deep sense of gratitude. 
And then there's the waning moon, where the moon is getting smaller in size in the sky. <laughs> it's turning more into a smaller moon again and back to a new moon. Um, this is a good time for moving inwards, releasing and letting go of things that aren't serving you, and tapping into your intuition. Full moon to new moon, life and death and rebirth again and again. The spring after I quit my nine to five job, I saw life like I've never seen it before. There were like flowers and critters and literal life all around me. It was just blowing my mind. And it dawned on me that there was life below me and above me and around me. And of course, I've always known this, but it hit me in a different way during this time period. It was like the whole world opened up to me and like I finally saw life everywhere. The more I connected with nature, the more I connected with myself. I used to live in the mindset of constant go, 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 and I never really allowed myself to rest or slow down. And when I would, it would be because I didn't feel good, because I'd ran my immune system into the ground, or I drank too much the night before. It was never a proactive slowing down. I did not honor my own cycle of being for a very long time. It wasn't until a few years ago that this idea, this fact really, came into my field of consciousness. The life-death life cycle, as Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes calls it, the essential ebb and flow of life. I didn't know how I missed it for so long. And maybe this isn't new news to you, but it was for me. It was huge for me. Before, I saw everything as a linear incline towards success and appearing to be killing it at life. And in my mind, there was no downtime, no low time, no ebbs, like not even a thing in my life that I would acknowledge. But honestly, like... Look at the trees and the tides and your own creative cycle. You are not creative all day, every day, 24-7, or productive or killing it or whatever you want to say, just as the tides are not always high and the trees are not always fruitful. There are seeds and budding and blooming and maturity and death, and the cycle repeats itself. I actually made a garden two years ago, and had this idea of connecting the dots between the process of what happens in a garden over the course of a year and its relation to our lives. And this idea was called Year of Soul, and each month had a theme with a focus on tuning into ourselves and our relationships and our environments. This idea came to me during a like seeding phase or a creative flow state, and I watered it, I let it bud, I let it kind of start growing, but before it reached maturity, I hit an unexpected ebb and I never completed it. The project just sat there and it felt like this lingering piece of something that was incomplete and I knew it was incomplete, but something in me couldn't come to bringing it to completion. This was before I had completely tuned into my own cyclic nature, and as a disclaimer, 
I believe our cyclic nature is always changing as we move through life. It's not always going to be the same. Like for women, our menstrual cycles do stop eventually. So I don't believe that cyclic nature is this one concrete thing that once we like hone in on it, it's the key to everything. It's a constant growing and evolving thing that we have to keep coming back to and tuning into in order to keep growing. So there's that. But this was before I had started to tune into my own cyclic nature and before I knew that an ebb would be coming and how to work with that. So I didn't know how to get back into the flow of the project and it just sat there, like I said, incomplete. So realizing this, I'm now coming back to it and I'm actually going to be resharing the finished project with you in order to bring it to maturity and completion, which feels really good in my heart. So I'll share more about that at the end, but basically it will be a way to work through the next year consistently while feeling more grounded, balanced, and at ease. From my experience, if we aren't attuned to our own cyclic nature, the ebbs and flows hit hard. The flows grab us and take us on a wild ride, and then the dip of the ebb feels like falling off of a cliff. And it doesn't have to feel that way. It can actually work in your favor, this cyclic nature. And if you honor the process and understand how your own cycle works, your cycle of life, um, it can be really beneficial and really beautiful. Tuning into your cyclic nature is actually really easy and natural. Meaning, if we stop resisting our own cyclic nature, we can connect to ourselves better and actually feel more impactful. But you have to let go of all of the control. Um, an easy place to start if you are a woman who menstruates is with your own monthly cycle as your guide. So like I mentioned in episode six called period empowerment, and I'm sure you know this, um, the menstruating phase is only one of four phases in our entire menstrual cycle, or like our monthly cycle, right? So each phase has a specific purpose and focus. We don't bleed for a week and then the rest of the month is like all hunky-dory and normal, whatever normal means. Think of the moon, for instance. It's not full, then new, then full, then new. It waxes and wanes in between each phase, and has an impact. Let's start with phase one, the follicular phase. So this is anywhere between seven to ten days within your monthly cycle and it's right after your menstrual flow ends. So all of your hormones are pretty low during menstruation and start to increase in this phase. The effect of that is a sense of openness to new things and beginnings because you are quite literally in a new beginning of your next cycle. Um, brainstorming and creativity are high and you can use this week to think big and set intentions. So after that week to 10 days, it leads into phase two, which is ovulation. And this typically lasts like three to five days, but in my mind to like call it safe and, you know, do natural birth control, I call it six days. <laughs> Depends on your birth control method, but I think a good six-day window of calling it ovulation is good. 
if you are trying to prevent pregnancy. This is when eggs get released, meaning you are literally at your most fertile. Estrogen helps to thicken the uterine lining and testosterone begins to surge, which, you know, increases desire. So you might feel sexier and like ready to pounce, basically. Um, the verbal and center, social centers of your brain are stimulated by the increase in hormones during this time. So definitely talk about what you want, say what you think, say what's on your mind. This is a good time to openly communicate. And you will likely have more energy during your ovulation phase because your hormones are pretty high. Um, this is also a time where you see a change in your cervical fluid and that can be a key indicator of ovulation. I'll share some resources in the show notes where you can start to tune into your own cervical fluids and different discharges in order to understand your cycle more. It's really interesting. Ovulation is essential to health. It's not just important for getting pregnant. You can still have your period without ovulating. Just FYI, I talk about this in the period empowerment episode a little bit, but if you're on the pill, like the birth control pill, you are not ovulating. So that's something to look into. It's your choice. It's your body. I think it's very important that we become informed of the effects of the different things we're putting into our bodies. So you should definitely know if and when you ovulate. And I'll, like I said, I'll share some resources in the show notes for this. So the next phase is the luteal phase. And this lasts anywhere from 10 to 14 days, depending on your cycle. So this is kind of like a longer chunk of time after you ovulate and your hormone levels have peaked and they're starting to go back down. This is a good time to complete tasks and get stuff done. And you might feel like more romantic or deep or yearning, like you want to be held and taken care of. Um, in the second half of this phase, you should start turning inward and focusing on yourself and preparing for menstruation to come. Um, you might start feeling some symptoms of moodiness and cramps and PMS, which FYI, PMS and these symptoms don't have to be completely debilitating or even exist for a lot of people. And I'll share some resources in the show notes for that, but it's just some good information to know that you don't have to suffer. So the final phase, the holy grail, as I think, is menstruation, literally, the phase that pushes us both through death, for lack of a better word, shedding of the uterine lining, and into new life. And if you get pregnant, it is literally the bringing of new life. So your hormone levels are pretty low, creating ideal communication to your left and right brain. Um, this means that you are able to synthesize how you feel. You are more in touch with your feelings. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. So schedule some time for reflection and analysis. Allow yourself to turn inward and be with yourself and slow down. Like let yourself rest if you feel like resting. You don't have to push yourself. So from this information, you can start to understand the biological factors that are contributing to your weeks and months and take that insight to empower you. It doesn't mean that you can't go to a meeting if you're not in a creative phase or that you can't create something amazing when you're feeling low. It's actually the opposite. It's recognizing patterns within ourselves and using them to our advantage. The menstrual cycle is an easy guide, but what if you don't have one? Or what if yours isn't regular? You can still tune into your cyclic nature 
We all have habits and rhythms that we flow in and out of. And the sooner you can become aware of them and understand when something happens and how often it occurs, you can start to work with yourself instead of against. This brings me to an interesting topic that might not seem relevant to you right now if you are similar to my age, late 20s, nowhere near menopause basically, but I think it's interesting to start learning about menopause early and questioning our beliefs around it and knowing the facts, right? So I remember early in my advertising career, I got put on a client that was a natural supplement for menopause. And I learned a lot about menopause in my early 20s that I had no idea that I would be learning about at the beginning of my fruitful advertising career, but I did. And I still didn't learn the stuff that I'm learning now. So I want to share a few things from um, Christian Northrup's book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom. And just FYI, this is the... I say this about a lot of the books that I read. Sorry. (laughs) This book is incredible. Every woman should read this book if they want to understand every single aspect of their health naturally and the conventional methods in which might help them. This book is required reading, period. I love this book. Um, And it's taken me all year to read. It's like an 800-page book. It's huge. But there are some really great diagrams and information in here. Anyway, I'll stop rambling about the book. Um, I want to read you two things in here that hit me kind of hard and I think are very important for all of us to know. So the chapter is the menopause chapter, right? And like I said, I'm nowhere near menopause. I have some awareness around it based on my previous advertising experience with the natural supplement I worked on. But I didn't know the second thing that I'm going to read you. I want to read you this first thing that is really empowering to anyone wherever you are in life, where she basically says, if you want to know where your power really is, You need to look no further than the processes of your body that you've been taught to dismiss, deny, or be afraid of. This includes the menstrual cycle, labor, and the mother of all wake-up calls, menopause. So I think that's a beautiful reminder because it's true. Everything that we've been taught to deny and be afraid of and be ashamed of is actually where our power lies as women, as human beings, as cyclic creatures. This is huge, you guys. Okay, and the second thing I want to read you is something that I didn't know. So my impression was you have this this cycle, right, for most of your life where you can reproduce, you can have babies, you are very fertile, literally, like you're fertile and you're ovulating. So after that, I just kind of had this idea in my head, and it's mostly from society, of course, and lack of education around menopause because what 20-year-old is educating themselves on menopause? Um, I basically thought that menopause hits and everything just kind of like flatlines, not flatlines literally, but like your hormones, like flatline. That was the idea in my mind. I thought, great, we have these like peaks every month during ovulation where like our hormones peak and we're really like creative and energized and then menopause comes and like there's this idea pushed on us that everything turns decrepit and bland and dry and saggy and 
sad. <laughs> and what a relief, that's not true. So I'm going to read you a paragraph from her book that I love. It hit me like a freight train the other day, and I think you should know it too. So she says, The years after menopause are sometimes referred to as the wisdom years. I believe that one of the primary ways this wisdom gets wired in our brains and bodies has to do with the neurotransmitters FSH and LH. These levels are high at ovulation when women are maximally fertile and also maximally open to new ideas and cross-pollination from others. After menopause, these neurotransmitter levels stay permanently elevated in the ovulation range for the rest of your life which, in my view, renders us more open to a continual flow of wisdom that heretofore was available only at ovulation. Our hormone levels don't flatline. What? <laughs> this blew my mind. They actually settle at a constant rate in which they are when you're ovulating. Whoa, like I'm pumped. You guys, that's so cool. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one geeking out about this, but like, what a relief. We, we don't actually... And I didn't think we actually like shriveled up and literally died and became sexless, miserable old women. But there was this idea in my mind where I was like, ooh, that sounds tough. Like dry, saggy, painful living, right? Like it, menopause was never communicated to me as this like new, wise phase of life. And now I see that there's actually a ton of possibility and learning to happen in that phase of life. And I think it's really cool. And it's part of the cyclic nature of being a woman. So, ah, menopause. I love it. Um, I'll share those pages and the show notes from the book. If you get the book and you want to like read more into what she's saying there, but I think it's really cool. So with all of that, pay close attention to yourself be the observer of your life, and start to recognize your own patterns. You can do this by keeping a health log, which I've talked about a few times, but basically get one journal that is only for your health and document any symptoms, any signs, any insights, any observations you have regarding your health, and come back to it often to track trends and find insights into what's going on with yourself. Um, within my health log or health journal, I also record my flow and any of my symptoms, how I'm feeling throughout the month, and write down any insights, right? So what I might be noticing month over month. And if you're really into like the moon phases that I talked about in the beginning, you can start to track your cycle and the moon phases together, which I think is really cool. But basically what you do is on the first day of your period, Find out what phase the moon is in, so you can like Google that or look into the sky or however you want to do it, and start to connect some dots with how you're feeling and like what's happening with the moon. You might find some like really cool insights or fun observations that you can dig into. Now let's get really granular and look at our cyclic nature from a 24-hour perspective. So we're not just looking at our years and our months, but we can also look at our days to tune into our cyclic nature. 
So within the realm of months and years, like I said, there are days, which is where you can take the most action and see the most change over time. So to start, what does your typical day look like? You know, we all wake up, we do our morning stuff, we have daily tasks, midday things, afternoon tasks, closing down for the day, relaxing and sleeping. But there's more to our days than that. Food plays a huge role in our everyday feelings. Our sleep habits have a huge impact on how we're feeling and what's going to happen in our next day. Words have really, really powerful meaning. So saying things like, my period is killing me, or I'm a hormonal monster, or I just have PMS and that's the way it is, is a really bad way to treat yourself. So our brains and our bodies and our hearts take in the words that we use about ourselves and about the world around us. So paying attention to the words we use, the food we eat, and our sleep habits are three huge ways we can start to make our days better. But basically, what I encourage you to do is grab a notebook and start watching your days. So get an observation, like a daily observation journal, whatever you want to call it. I call my stuff very obvious names, health log, observation journal, whatever. Um, get your journal and start to document everything that you do and think throughout the day. So take a look at it at the end of the day and then at the end of each week and notice like where you stand. Like, how did you feel that week? How did you feel that day? What were the things that kept popping up in your mind? Where are the places that you're getting distracted? And when were the times that you felt really good or relaxed or happy or calm? Take your insights and use them to make each day a little better for you. So here are some questions to ask yourself that I want to leave you with before we close. Um, in what condition is your relationship to your instinctual self? So what that means is, how are things with you and your intuition? Do you trust your gut? Literally, like that butterfly feeling or that nervous feeling you get. Do you listen to that voice in your head or do you silence it? Do you push through your very obvious signs and signals that your body is giving you and like ignore them? Tune into your relationship with your intuition and start to get curious about how you can create a more positive, loving relationship with yourself and less of a combative rebellion type of mentality around your deep instinctual feelings. Another question would be, when was the last time you ran free? So maybe not literally, but figuratively. When did you run free and let loose and let your hair down, for lack of better words? When was the last time that you ran free? And lastly, how do you make life come alive again? If you're feeling stagnant or stuck or just kind of spinning, think of all of the times that you have felt most alive and how you can start to add more of that to all of your days. Like I said, the biggest changes that you'll see over time are going to come from your daily habits and your daily thoughts. So observe yourself. Think about what you're thinking and saying, what you're consuming, what you're putting out in the world, 
and you can start to shift and adjust and create whatever life you want to live. Whatever life you dream of and desire, it's all up to you. In my opinion, the goal is a loving and trusting relationship with self. I hope this episode has been helpful. I love this stuff. I could jam all day about it. Um, Like I mentioned in the beginning, I will have a year-long project that I'll be offering to help you through 2020 for free. If you want in on it, all you have to do is sign up for my weekly emails, and you can do that over on my website or in the show notes. And the first workbook that will be coming will be coming in December. So it'll help you reflect on this year in preparation for 2020. And as an added bonus, if you sign up for my weekly emails, which are called Well Weeks, you'll see that I've started doing monthly giveaways, which is really exciting, I think. Every month, one lucky winner will receive a well package from me. So like a package full of all of my favorite products and healthy things, teas, elixirs, supplements, journals, all of the things that I love that help me feel more well, I'm giving to a lucky winner every month. So you can get all the details when you sign up. Like I said, all of this stuff is free. My intention and my goal with all of the work that I'm doing right now is to just share the wealth of knowledge that I have accumulated and discovered and all of the ways that I have happily and easily found more mindfulness and wellness and health in my life. So I hope you love all of it. If you liked this episode, please leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend who might also like it. I will share all of the resources for digging deeper in the show notes, which can be found at HaleyHeishman.com backslash podcast. And I wish you good luck on your journey. I will talk with you next week.